Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 464. Ooh, five away! <laughs> so close! Yes. Every week it gets greater. Okay. Five. That's uh, September? Yeah, it'll be. Nice. Mid September. You guys might be, if it's the end of September, you might you guys might be doing a sixty nine on your own. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. You'll definitely need to get a drink for that episode. I love how that's this is now becoming like the, the, the episode we're looking forward to, not like a real milestone of anything. Four sixty nine on the Thanksgiving episode or Christmas, New Year's, you know, no. And then we can continue it on afterwards, too. Yeah, one past it, all right. 470. <laughs> <laughs> it's one better than 69. <laughs> oh, man, we are children. Yep. But we had a, another great show. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. I feel like we did. We had, this was a very uh, discussion-heavy. Yeah. We had really, I mean... That's what nerds do best, yo. Yeah, we had... Discuss uh, things. No action. No. No creating. No. Just talking. Yeah. Criticizing. Yeah. Lots of criticizing. Lots of criticizing, yeah. Yes. I brought nothing new to the table. Uh, but I'm sure all the nerds will listen and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I got that. I got I got that. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel the same way. Yeah. Or, I hate Drunk on Comics. <laughs> I'll never listen to them again until episode 69. Yes. So you'll just have to listen to find out exactly what we talked about. So with that, uh, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 464, Information Sustenance. So Anthony, we, we need to know... You're still doing this podcast, so you probably didn't win millions. No. <laughs> or maybe you did win I millions, would, and you're just like, I got time to waste. I would, like to, I would like to think like he would have more time, so he'd want to do something, oh, yeah. like record if, a podcast with us. Well, Tony and I, and I have had extensive discussions on what our lottery plans are, right? So, zombie preparedness, you know, what do you do there, you know, apocalyptic, and then obviously lottery winnings, and... I, we both agree that we would disappear for like two years. So if you if I ever disappear, it is I have no Did enemies. Charles won the so lottery. It's, <laughs> it's possible. I haven't heard from him. I haven't seen him on social media either. I mean, we start like looking on Interpol's most wanted list or something to see if he's in Europe, get in trouble. Oh, but man. that's if if I had one, I would have probably disappeared and been like, yeah, Tony, I'm not feeling too good for the next two years. Where? Where would you disappear to? Like, would you travel? Is that like, what you, okay. Yeah, like Europe. Like, basically, yeah. I'm rich now. Everyone's going to find out. Right. So, yeah. get it until no one really cares that I'm rich anymore, and then I can return. I, I don't know. To return. They're still going to care the moment they see you. Yeah, but, like, once the, you know, then I'm just another rich guy. I'm not the one rich guy you know, and, and he immediately has all this money, and get him while he's still nice and not jaded kind of situation, right? But... I did win like four hundred bucks nice. on the Buffalo slot machine. It's nice. my favorite because it yells Buffalo. You get enough Buffalo on the screen, and that gets just like the dopamine hits real hard when that guy yells Buffalo at you. Great way, Buffalo. <laughs> so I'm back, reading comics and working a day job, like all the rest of the peasants. Yep, yep. Got to pretend I wasn't one, which is what Briefly. Vegas lets you do. 
be like, oh, I'm going to fancy restaurants and spending way too much money on noodles that I could just get back in Grand Rapids. But For 35 cents down at the store. <laughs> I'm sure they're better than ramen. But. They are. They're, they're, I mean, we went, it was literally a restaurant called Noodles in our hotel in the Bellagio. Really, really good. But it's like the difference between the stuff that rich people eat and like fine dining that normal people can eat is so minuscule. There's right. not that big a difference right. between it. Um, only in things like sushi and like really specific foods are you going to find a difference. It's noodles. You boil them in water, you put spices on them, call it a day. Right. So, but it was a good trip. I survived. Nice. There was no drama. I mean, that's always, I mean, that's a very little drama, but the only drama was someone that based, it was a friend of the birthday girl's little brother. So completely disconnected from all of uh, us. You could ignore the drama. Yes, yeah. exactly. It didn't affect you. Yep. That's the best kind of drama because you can watch it happen. Oh yeah, and yeah. like just be completely like this doesn't fucking affect me at all. It's this like, is great. It's like driving by when all the police or yes. fire or something. You're like, ooh, something's going on, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> and drive away. All right. Well, um, I see you brought a book, so let's start off with uh, some reviews. What do you got? I got Moon Knight number one. Um, I literally just went into the store and was like, I want to buy a comic. It's been forever been vaccinated so now i can finally return to going into stores like normal and then uh yeah went in and bought moon knight one so it's i actually really enjoyed it i've never read moon knight i've you know seen all of the memes of moon knight and stuff like that but oh i've never actually there's moon knight memes oh there's a lot of them i'm very like out of date on my the most notorious is he's coming down the stairs and he's like uh the actual quote is Dracula, you big nerd, I know you're here. Come out and pay me my money. Ah, Something like that. Okay. So very Moon Knight. Um, in this one, it's uh, obviously an intro, being number one. Uh, I love the art's good. Uh, it starts off with a bang. He literally uh, is fighting vampires who are doing a multi-level marketing vampire scheme. Yeah. So they, they're like, you know, you're our subordinates, and if you turn more people into vampires they're your subordinates and so it's a pyramid scheme going on uh which was kind of fun and of moon knight putting an end to it like on page three um he's talking to a, a therapist in it he's kind of going through it's kind of introduction right who am i what am i doing he protects people who travel at night and he's the uh right hand of a, this god that he's serving and Do they talk about the god a little bit. They say that uh, they go into like some of the history, and this is the part that I was going to look up later and maybe read. You know, they're talking about how the gods currently imprisoned by the Asgardians um, or the Aesir. I don't remember specifically who they, he said, but basically, he's like she. The psychiatrist is aware of this. She was recommended by the Avengers, and basically says, "So you're serving a god who's currently imprisoned for." attempting to take over the universe he's like yeah but you know that's not related to me i still have my job and they talk about how he's immortal basically he's repeatedly died and he keeps coming back and so one of the funny things with uh his god uh yeah uh is my my nephew loves reading the percy jackson books and like Mm -hmm. he's really come on to anything with gods so he's like read a bunch of books and when we're writing from going up camping this weekend he's reading the back and i'm hearing him pronounce some words that he's trying to pronounce Aww. but he gets to 
And then there's this cool Egyptian night god, Kohonsh, and we're like, Kohonshu? And yeah. And I'm just like, me and my brother just kind of look at each other because we know. That's, we learned that's something from comic books. Yeah. Oh, look at us. <laughs> hey, push up the glasses. Meals. 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 They did introduce um, a. I'm kind of confused because it looks like the Joker has a plan. It's got the. I mean, I don't know what you guys would say. Here, it's kind of got like a Joker face. The smile, big teeth, I don't know exactly who it is, but they look kind of crazy, and they're basically like, I've got big plans for you, Moon Knight, blah, blah, blah. And then on the last page, it also introduces um, Hunter's Moon. This It's like if the if Moon Knight is the right hand of Khonshu, this is the left hand kind of mm, thing. Mm. So a potential... New content. Um, Billy, basically like uh, Moon Knight, he was like talking to Khonshu, and he, you don't get a reply, so we don't know if it's like a one-way or two-way conversation, but he's like, your right hand has fallen, but don't worry, your left hand is here to pick up the slack. It's like, ooh. So. Well, and here's the funny part, is he has severe mental disorders as well, so you actually don't know if he's actually talking to him or not. Yep. <laughs> or is that just Moon Knight dressed up in different garb, right. acting differently yeah. as well? Well, he would need to be an African-American gentleman. Uh, the, the guy was actually introduced earlier in the comic okay. as the doctor of this clinic that Moon okay. Knight saves from. Well, he shows up to save him from Eight Ball, and um, when he does, the guy's like, I know who you are. It's a pleasure to meet you. I also serve Khonshu, and he's like, you don't, you know, you're not higher ranking than me. He's like, there's one other person who's higher ranking than me, and it's not you. And you're like, oh, there's a hierarchy, and there's going to be, like, internal politics. So it should be cool. Yeah, I'm real excited for the Moon Knight television show. Yeah, um, I'm very curious who the Joker-esque looking person is right. at the end of this. Cause yeah, because it would be weird if Joker was just like, hey, I'm a villain too, like, and just kind of popped in and got involved with it. So, we'll see. Yeah, in a, in a Marvel series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially. <That'd> be, uh... <laughs> Hey, you know, that'd be a great crossover, wouldn't it? I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would be so shocked if they were like, this is where we're doing our, <laughs> Moon Knight, yeah, yeah. our next crossover, <laughs> Joker and Moon Knight. <laughs> so maybe they'll, I don't know if they'll make a character up for that person, or if it was just the other guy, this like Hunter's Moon or whatever uh, he calls himself with a creepy smile, but it was just, it didn't have a precedent, so I was like, who is this, like, Joker-esque? I mean, it looked like the, yeah, the chin and the nose. Yeah, yeah, it's very sharp features, right, big teeth, big smile, so. But, yeah, I'll get number two. I think this was actually new this week. I think I got on the new wall, so. I think you're right, either this week or last week. Yep. Nice. And then I've got a Green Lantern on reserve, so that'll probably. I'll, you know, I'll go pick it up later, and that'll be my review for next week. Get ahead of the game. And which Green Lantern is it going to be? One. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying which character Green Lantern? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Hal. I'm not for sure, but I think it's Hal. But it, uh, I know on the cover I saw it had multiple Green Lanterns on there, so many I did not recognize. All so right. We'll see. Who's your favorite Green Lantern? We t- oh, <laughs> 
I like it. He's like, we uh, talked about it. Yeah, yes. not on the podcast. No, we talked about it. So the discussion was Kyle Rayner. Uh, and, uh, but specifically, I, I would say I like his constructs the best. But um, I like how Jordan is a character. Um, but his constructs leave something for it to be desired. They're very traditional military in a lot of cases. So I agree with that. And I, yeah. I feel I think that's the same way for me as well. And then there's there's nostalgia for Jon Stewart because he was in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, the cartoons, and so I watched a ton of those, like, in high school. Those were so, so great. They were. And John Stewart was great. And I like Static Shock, right, and then introducing him into the Justice League right. during his show, and all those different shows were awesome. Their animation was, like, leaps and bounds ahead, and still is, Yeah. of their uh, actual written and film properties. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, a book that I picked up that I'm uh, I'm in the middle of how to review this one. Um, it's Porcelain Number 1 from Ablaze uh, Publishing. Ablaze? Yes. Um, this is a new one I've never heard of. Uh, really touted from um, the creator, um, both writer and artist, Maria Lovett, who's done plenty of other books. Uh, I've... I, I was drawn in by, by the art and just the way that it was set up, but I'm so lost of I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, there was very little talking or prose. It was a lot of the art filling in the gaps of what's going on. And that's, it wasn't enough, it was enough to pull me in to keep like wanting to read visually what's going on, but not having any clue, again, what this world is starts off with this girl who it seems like it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland and she's living with her aunt outside on route 29 and she's just chilling on a roof with her cat just chilling and her her aunt is telling her like barrel her name is b-e-r-y-l i think it's a barrel barrel yeah it's like a element i think b-e-r-y-l yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well, maybe that's some clue to some mystery behind all this. But, yeah. uh, you know, just her, her aunt's just saying, hey, you know, go go do something. Go to the store. And she goes to the store, and on her way home, she sees this weird, haunted-looking house with all these porcelain masks and faces and dolls on it. Yeah, very creepy. But, again, most all this, besides the talking right here and towards the end of this book, you're just visually watching this girl kind of go through this land, go to the store, come on back come into this dollhouse house where it's all mainly dark with very, like, the colors are vivid. Again, the art is amazing in this. I just wish I knew what was going on. And from the um, previews for this, they talk about it's a journey of a girl finding this haunted house where uh, it turns people into porcelain dolls. Mm. So she ends up eating something here, which there's kind of a cool visual a couple pictures that kind of just shows it going into her chest down her esophagus and then it just growing. But again, doesn't really say much of what is going on. So I'm going to continue. But this well, you is have a, to. This is like... <laughs> yeah, I have to keep reading. I don't know. Yes. Like growing like a fungus, like roots going out? Or? Yeah, and, okay. it was, and it was... The whole thing seemed kind of surreal and psychedelic and like in a way that this is not... 
almost Sandman-ish of like, it's is this really reality or is this like a dreamscape? Eat something she found in this house? Well, there's a ton of stuff on the table and, and these things, like voices were just saying, eat, eat. Well, I the mean, did she, not, it, did she not ever watch Alice in fucking Wonderland? No, Don't that's what, that's eat what it felt. shit. Oh, there's, there's tons <laughs> of images to that. There's a rabbit. Um, yeah, but if a voice keeps telling you to do it, I mean, you should probably do it. <laughs> Especially if it's a spooky voice <laughs> with no corporeal body attached. I mean, and after she ate like this cupcake, you like you just saw these like worms inside the cupcake oh, too. Gosh. So again, it seems like almost like it's part like supposed to be kind of horror-ish, but again, it's beautiful and how it is. And you know, this this lady comes out saying "Welcome to the Dollhouse" and everything, and yeah, it it just it. I'm not sure what's gonna yeah. happen. Well, now you made me want to read it, though. So that's a good review, I think. Yeah, and, and again, <laughs> I have to read more to know, because without giving away of kind of even one other thing that seems to be very important in this at the end, yeah. So again, I think it's good in the... But I wish I had a little bit more to be like, I really like this. Right now, I, I think I'm going to like it. But it could go the other way where Isn't I'm like, this is... a great first issue, though? Shouldn't a first issue just well, make you feel like you have to read the second that's one? That's the biggest do thing. That. Is if it's one of the first few issues, the goal should be, for me, the goal should be that I want to read the next issue. Right. Right? Because if you're 25 issues in, okay, you can, you know, lean on your laurels that you've already established characters. And so maybe you have a bunch of talking and dialogue that progresses the story, but nothing, like actionable happens but it's something like that if it makes me want to be like you know what the fuck's going on and yeah. the second one i'm like yes but that can happen in almost anything it can happen in moon Knight, where i'm sure there's a lot more dialogue and more people involved so that's kind of almost the easy part for me it's just like i could give you like three pages of something and then yeah sure you want to know more but at the same point You'd want to have some sustenance. I feel like in the first issue, your world building. You don't think that visual world building is a thing? No, I do. Fuck, I just said I like like the book, but I don't know what the book is, and it's not a frustrating thing. It's just uh, I feel like there needed to be just a little bit more. I will say that I would agree in that it needs to be basically issue two at worst three, right? And that's kind of like you think about like a new series on Netflix or something like that, right, it comes out, you watch episode one, you're like, okay, a lot of wacky stuff happened. I'm going to watch episode two, and if it doesn't, like, seal you with that kind of world building and being like, oh, this is the premise, right? It, it's like, I'm not going to be sitting through this for six episodes of premise, and then you finally get to the point. You know what? I'm challenging you both. Read this. The next week, tell me if I'm right or wrong about how... I'm just you gonna just say felt wrong wanting. Anyways, and I'll just find I know, I'm going to do a really in-depth sort of educational uh, download of the whole thing. And I'll like, bring in like one of those <laughs> You missed this one picture that totally speaks yeah, to the heart. Yeah. Uh, Beryl, by the way. Beryl? Beryl? I'm not sure. It's beryllium, so maybe it is beryl. It's beryllium and aluminum together. Uh, so it's a, it's a mineral. A mineral, yeah, a gem. Okay. So maybe that... Did you find anybody else that had gem names? Was there a ruby or a diamond or... No, there was really no other name. There was... Okay. Yeah. So, uh, one other book that I do want to quick talk about. Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood. Oh, I saw that this came out and I was like, Tony's going to review this because he's you've been doing all of the colored 
books. The colored, non-colored books. Sounds mm. racist. But and, the, and the thing <laughs> is... They are. That's right. That's right. The thing is this. There was a Wolverine one, too, that came out, though, wasn't there? The, before, a long... I feel oh, before. Maybe it was the, the whole thing came the out. The omnibus or yeah. collected. I mean, the... What, the gold, blue... I don't even remember what colors they used. Even both, both for Wonder Marvel Woman, and DC. Yeah. I read some of the Superman. The Carnage one was the one that I just didn't really enjoy as much because I don't. I just don't know why. This one though, take it. Most all of them are black, white, and blood. with with one color, so red. <laughs> I really and, wish it was actual blood. I mean, there is blood in here, but they use red obviously as the one. That no, I mean colored. actual blood, Tony. Oh, like actual in the ink. Yeah, like like the kids. <laughs> the <comic>. artist, the <laughs> artist blood. <laughs> and and so this one has one uh, story that uh, has him in a tank and Omega Red it has another story of him wanting to watch a B. Arthur movie that he can't stream, and so he is pissed and goes to the video store to find out, you know, why it's not streaming or who has the rights. Um, but then the first story, I felt, was a little more fleshed out. And this is why I like reading these, though. They're all one-shot-ish stories that, you know, follow the character. And, of course, I love Deadpool. And I haven't read a lot of Deadpool lately. I need to catch up on that book. So with this, it starts off with him calling a bunch of people. First it's Spider-Man, then it's Wolverine, and no one's wanting to take his calls. No. And no so one. No he, one would. he then calls uh, Gabby who is um, oh, uh, Scout, I think is how she Honey, Badger. Honey Badger. And she is uh, Laura's uh, clone, yep. so she is a, clone another of a, clone. Wo- a clone of a clone. <laughs> so Wolverine-ish powers, mm-hmm. uh, for those who, who don't know. And she, she answers, she goes, oh, hey, uh, yeah, sure, uh, you're like one of my best friends. Uh, you should have called me first in Deadpool breaking forth wall after he called all these people, he goes, see, we tried that in another draft, but it, it felt weird calling a kid first for something that's so dangerous and violent, you know? And this is what I love the Deadpool books is because they break fourth wall. And then he goes, um, and this it really isn't for children, and I hope there's no children reading this. And there he is just sitting with his guts falling out while he's calling all these people for what's going on, which, what is going on, which is the teaching moment of, Kids, if you see intestines on the outside of a person, the content is not for you. <laughs> and then it gets into kind of what's going on in this book, the three different stories with all the different uh, writers and artists. So obviously there is multiple on here. I will note that, uh, and this is hard for me to say because I, I don't like criticizing people's artwork, but I am not a fan of Phil Noto. I've said that multiple times before. There's a lot of always copy and pasting of faces that he does. And in this, I think it's mainly just because it is black and white, it seemed like it was all hand-drawn. Or if he did do it within a computer, that he took the time to not just copy and paste. Uh, Things don't look like they're static pictures, which uh, I was going to bring up on the cable books uh, that just ended. That's my problem with him as an artist. Everything he does, he's a good cover artist. He's good his art but it doesn't feel the action the people just seem to be staring at you looking very well drawn but they're just staring out at the reader no sustenance to it this totally different and 
I don't know why. Yes. <laughs> so you're, what you're telling me is, well, from what it's, you're describing, it sounds like he's like a character artist almost, right? Yeah. Looks at an example of a person and then draws it like a mirror would see a person. And so instead of it looking like, yeah, well, that's one of the things in film, right? When you have two people talking to each other and you do like an over-the-shoulder or even if you don't even see the person they're talking to, you don't talk at the camera. You talk just to the side of it, right? Well, that's, if you so it looks like you're interacting instead of someone staring at the camera right. and staring at you as the viewer, and you're like, Ugh, this I is mean, crazy. that could be a perfect example of how some of the books, a cut scene in a, of me talking to you and then you talking to me, show your face, then my face, then your face, and my face, but it's the same dumb looking fucking look that yeah. in every scene. And then three pages later, I mean, that feels like our podcast. <laughs> just we, the same just, dumb fucking look. You the just whole talk time. and you talk, and I'm just like, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, this has to do with with some zombie uh, uh, animals, uh, a zebra. So, a, what do you call it? A a, a zom, zom, zombra. Yeah, a zombibra. Zombibra. You really complicated that. Just wow. call it a yeah. zombra. Yes. <laughs> And and what I loved is uh, Gabby, you know, loves horses and everything because she is still uh, a young girl. But she also was talking about how she's been was created to be a weapon and tortured. And obviously, they find out who was oh, making yeah. these things and everything. She's done some shit. Yes, but at one point, Deadpool does get his hand bitten, and she just chops off his hand. She's, don't go back. Yeah, well, that, but not only that, but she's like, I don't want you to be zombified. And he's like, I'm pretty sure my body will heal me from that, which I'm pretty certain, yeah, his cancerous body would heal from it. Was he in Marvel Zombies? They So, yes, those those what I could call kind of a, well, in the newest one, they were re-eating his body because it kept regenerating. Okay. But was it because of a zombie bra or just like a standard zombie? <laughs> but he has been zombified too in some stories. Right. So it, it kind of comes up to the writer and the scenario yeah. and, and what they're doing with it. So it could go either way. Ultimately, though, you know, happy conclusion at the end. It was a good story. Uh, that's why I talk about this one more than the other two. But there's going to be more of these Deadpool books. So I'm going to be reading them. I'll try not to review them all. But again, they're short little mm-hmm. quick snippets of the craziness that is Deadpool, and I thoroughly enjoyed the book. Nice. I'm glad you read something this week. What'd you read? I read a book called The Me You Love in the Dark. And it, I read it because it called out to the goth kid in me. Real hard, just looking at the cover. Oh, well, yeah. And just the name sounds so... Yeah. It's like... You threw Mary it out. Scene. Which one sounds the most like an indie film? That's the, the, the one Lindsay's is reading this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is actually written by Scotty Young, <clears throat> who normally you don't see a lot of writing from. He did do Fuck Fairyland or I Hate Fairyland oh, yeah, or whatever that, that was. Title. But he also did the art on it. And it was a real sort of like genre bashing book because it mixed his really kind of cartoony art with like a kind of a dark story. And it was fun to read. But he was only the writer on this one. The art is done by Jorge Corona. Unfortunate last name to have right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So mine also has a haunted house in it. So you and I have themed books again. Shoot, I didn't pick a haunted... Does vampires count? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little spooky. 
it's a little spooky. Um, the the very basic premise of this is there's this woman who is an artist who has hit a block and cannot create her art. So she decided to get the fuck out of the city and rent a house in like the middle of nowhere so she can just focus on doing her art. And, you know, you go through the whole thing at the beginning where the, the real estate agent's like, oh, you don't want to rent this one, it's haunted. And she's like an artist, so she's like, fuck yeah, I want the haunted house. <laughs> and the whole, oh, the whole book is her talking to the ghost she, that she presumes is there, and the ghost not interacting with her until eventually it, like, overcomes its shyness and starts kind of, like, in the first couple of pages, she's like, well, if you're fucking here, the least you could do is, like, get my wine ready for me. And she comes in one day, and the record player's going, and the wine's poured for her. Ooh. And it's weird because she's like talking to it the whole time but when it actually starts presenting itself she freaks the fuck out you would think she would be prepared for it she's, she's just one of those poser scene kids <laughs> right. that it's like oh i love ghosts until a ghost shows up <laughs> and and eventually it talks to her she talks about being a poser and how she can't she's not really an artist and she had her, like, moment in the sun, and it was gone, and she's never going to sell art again. And should oh, wow. she quit, she's having this whole crazy artist existential crisis. And then the ghost is like, I don't think you should quit. <laughs> and she freaks out, and he runs out of the house, and then comes back in, and it's painted, I'm sorry, on her canvas. So now she's got this cutesy little back and forth with this ghost in this house, whom we haven't actually met yet. We've just seen it give her some booze and give her affirmations and it sounds like the best roommate ever. But Can the ghost leave the house? I don't know. Okay. Maybe don't know yet. It ends with her basically being like, oh, I have a fun roommate now, you know, sort of thing. She's, em she's embracing the fact that it's there, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, ghosts play tricks. It could be terrible. She doesn't know this yet. Could be Casper. She could be terrible. Yeah. That would be a great sort of Twist. thing. Yeah, where the ghost is finally like, oh my god. Oh, you're such a pain in the ass. Can you please just leave? I'll do the art for you. Mm -hmm. How about that? And then you get the fuck out. So, it, there wasn't a lot of, much like Tony's, not a lot of susten sustenance, as he says. <laughs> In the book, which I do not think is the right word, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> um, but because it's Scotty Young and because it's only five issues, I can only imagine that it's going to ramp up real fast and be done before I want it to be done. So I'm going to read all five of them, unless number two is a complete shit show. But How many pages? You said it was only five? Only five issues. So is, is it like no, Wait, did you say five pages? No, I was going to say... No, it's a normal-sized like, comic book, because I got to the end of this, and I was like, oh... Yeah, I was going to say, I would expect with five issues, it'd be like 40 pages nope. of an issue or something. Oh, nope. Okay. I, it was a real fast read. I got to the end of it, and I was like, oh, this is... It's done. Number two is going to be three yeah. times as thick. <laughs> and, it, and it could be because not a lot of stuff happened, or it could be because it was so well-written and drawn that I just flew through it really fast. Mm -hmm. Um... But, you know, it, it really does call out to that, like, the teenage Lynn's who loved goth things and 
the idea of being an artist and living in a haunted house. So I'll keep going. It's certainly, certainly different than I hate Fairyland. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Uh, I know you watched Suicide Squad. I did. I watched it on Thursday. And how'd you like it? It was good. That's it? it? Good. Just good? Yeah, it was good. I thought it was fucking great. It was good. I liked it. The whole opening sequence, yeah. I knew was going to happen the way it did. Uh, trying to be a little spoiler free for Anthony here, who uh, decided to watch anime instead of it this weekend. Listen, I'm trying to consume as much media as possible for the listeners. Right? It's not for me. It's for them. <laughs> so, you know, the sacrifice that I didn't go to the theaters. Also, I don't have HBO Max. So. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you did. No. Yeah. If I had HBO Max, I would have just watched it. Okay, that's okay. That's <laughs> what I was. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Should have you come over here to, to watch some of these movies. You know, it's we're any more streaming services, and we're approaching um, cable prices, so I have no desire. Yeah. To get more. The difference is, is you personally curated your charges as opposed to just being charged a hundred dollars for yeah. shit that you don't want. And it's just like, well, okay, now it's up to you know we're approaching like sixty to eighty dollars a month. Yeah. And I was like, mm. that's where I'm at right now. I also don't. Streaming services. I mean, the big thing, too, is it's like, I might pick, and it's unfortunate, right? There's like one or two shows per streaming service that I really want to see, right? Like when The Boys Season 3 comes out, I'll really want to see Amazon right. Prime. When, you know, uh, the next Voltron or animated series or anime that Netflix picks up, I'm like that. Crunchyroll, you know, I want to see stuff in next My Hero. It's just. There's two or three things I want to see on yeah. every platform. So, Well, this is worth it. Uh, I, I, I will say, I didn't know it was coming out this week. I totally forgot. I knew it was coming out soon. And I didn't know that it was going to be streaming as well. So it was kind of a surprise. My roommate goes, kind of want to watch uh, Back to the Future movies tonight. You interested? And I was kind of like, I, I honestly just rewatched them like a month ago. I do love those movies and all. But... Let's quick see what else is on. And I was like, holy shit. And, and he was like, fuck yeah, I'm down for that. So we ended up watching it. And it, again, blew our expectations. Yeah. I knew it would be good. It was definitely a James Gunn movie. Yes. It was certainly was a James Gunn movie. You can tell just by the soundtrack. It's what, And it was what DC, I feel, needed. Yeah. To kind of refresh themselves to get into that comic book feel. Because it had everything... I don't want to say it's the Marvel formula, and and I like the Dark Knight and, and Dark Knight Returns. Those based in more of a reality, less humorous. You can make those, but I just feel that they have had so many uh, misses right. within. Let's just look at the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like the well, let's let's talk about the idea of comic books as movies. We have serious movies that take place in real life scenarios mm -hmm. all the time. They don't have men dressed as bats in them, right? <laughs> if you add a man dressed as a bat, that adds a level of ridiculousness to the mm -hmm. entire idea. And the fact... No matter how dark his bat yeah, costume is. he's a fucking bat. And Batman is literally the only character that I've seen them be able to pull off that level of seriousness and still make a good movie. Thank you, Christopher Nolan. The rest of them were shit. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you Tim Burton as well. Mm -hmm. First Tim Burton. Well, Shazam but, was good, but it was also more campy yes. fun. You, I mean, you have to embrace this. This 
Suicide Squad movie had Starro in it. You cannot do the Suicide Squad movie that you did last time with a fucking starfish from space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta lean into the absurdity. It's so crazy. Well, I think it's about matching the character, right? I mean, Shazam is kind of, is a kid who, you know, why, how would a kid be a successful superhero, right? He's gonna make a bunch of kid mistakes, yep. which the comic does, the movie does, right? He's just a kid. He finally gets magic powers. Batman is a serious character, so the dark Tim Burton, the dark Christopher Nolan works even with the ridiculousness of a right. billionaire who has a, basically a flying car and like this the car yes. that transforms into a motorcycle that maybe transforms into the unicycle you know whatever batman's only been a dark character since the 80s yep before that he was can't be uh, adam super west super can't be adam yeah. west batman yep. so like and we still make fun of it to this day but right you know oh, but it's amazing though <laughs> it, they're so great but i mean to to, to Go full mm-hmm. tilt serious in a comic book movie, I think, is a bad decision. Well, I think if you look at, like, Smallville, right, right, for Superman, that was a great interpretation of Superman. One, it was the more high school, obviously, it's a CW yes. show, so it's yep. facing a certain demographic, but it was very lighthearted, and yes. it constantly pushed for the Superman character to be, like, the Boy Scout on well, this blah, 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 not this dark you said Martha kind of character, right? But Sin City. They made Sin City like the book. It was dark. It was mm-hmm. brooding. Yeah. It was... That's a book that's not about well, superheroes, oh, though. But it's a comic book, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Got a, so it's Ghost thing. World. It, it goes with the aesthetic <laughs> of the book. Yeah. Suicide Squad, when you read the books, right. there's some seriousness in it, but there's a lot of fucking like one-liners that they throw in there for the characters. Mm-hmm. And I guess there are there's a couple missions where they get more serious but again the the whole situation of them having bombs in the back of their heads yeah. and and all that is a bit i don't i don't want to say ridiculous but just weird that they go through all that within the first 10 minutes of this movie it's great uh there's two things i want to call out and i apologize these are kind of spoilers but not really okay I love that they took Amanda Waller full cunt in this movie. Yes. They took her all the way to cunthood. It was great. Which is accurate. It totally is. In the last <laughs> movie, she did not go no, no, no. full cunt. And we're watching it, and Josh is like, what a bitch. I was like, she is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's her character. She's a total yep. horrible fucking person. She's the like epitome of uh, outcome justify or the yes. means just, or the outcome justifies the means, right? Yes. To the extreme. Yes, for sure. So it was great. I really loved that part of it. Um, the scene with Harley Quinn, when they're coming to rescue her, and... When it's butterflies and flowers? That scene so perfectly married her the level of danger that she actually is, and her insanity yep. so perfectly. It was amazing. Do you, because think, do you think that the palette, color palette of the scene and all that just, like, was good because of it adding to that insanity level? Yes. Just kind of a- it was great. It was perfect. Because they've taken Harley Quinn into a touching on a anti-hero, mm-hmm. right, with the Birds of Prey movie. And everyone forgets she will fucking murder whoever she needs to murder mm-hmm. to do what she needs to do for her life. And she's crazy as shit. And that scene after that, well, right up to before that, too, 
<laughs> yeah. And into that scene, I was just watching the whole thing like, oh my god, this is so perfect. Yeah, it was perfectly shot, oh, how amazing it was. It was. I, I really love that scene. And King Shark just <laughs> had me cracking up when he made the little C4 guy. Yeah. And how that came to fruition later on, too. Great. Just... And, and, and here's the thing. James Gunn was not afraid to kill some people. In fact, kill a lot of people. A lot of people. And he had said, he had said though, before that there's only two people he knew that were off the table. Um, and that was going to be Harley and Bloodsport. Right. Uh, other than that, anyone could really... And he had some different things where it could have gone one way or another for a couple that did survive. But again, it, I felt that the deaths weren't cheap except for the beginning, but also it served a purpose oh for God. what it was. You could rewatch that opening scene over and over and over again. They all die so perfectly. Yes, and some of them I I have never heard of before. Some of them I had, yeah. and and again, it, it yeah, that DC allowed them to do that, but also being like, yeah, you can't use all your characters. Oh. When are they ever going to come back? When would you need and to I use them? And I love that James Gunn has the sort of space in Hollywood where he can call on somebody. And I won't say who, just not to spoil who dies in the beginning. But he can call on these actors who literally are like, oh, you need me for a day? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and, like, they've been announced as these big characters in the movie, and, like, they've been put on all the press and stuff like that, and then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, they're dead before the credits. Like, the, mm -hmm. their names are in the credits after they're not in the movie anymore. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> one of the things that he's brought up this week that I noticed actually while watching it, but my roommate didn't, and I know a lot of people may have missed, was uh, having Pam uh, Clementif, uh, who played Mantis, yeah. and I probably butchered her last name, uh, in the scene when they go to that strip club, she was one of the dancers that was mm. prominent there, and I was like, holy crap, that's Mantis. And my roommate was like, what? And we rewound it. He goes, I didn't notice. He's saying that there's no one talking about that. Because I started then looking how many freaking Guardians people are in this. Because then you have Stallone as right. well as yeah. the voice of King Shark. Who also, he wanted to have voice it. But he's like, oh, I don't want to bug him. He did work with me on Guardians. But I don't feel like we have that connection. So he tried all these other actors to, to voice it. And he goes, I just got to do it. Pull in and then... Stallone was like, yeah, man, that sounds great. <laughs> the movie was, and so that, my my one criticism of the movie is that it was, a, it very much followed the Guardians of the Galaxy formula in that they had their group in King Shark. They had the, um, their, they didn't really have a rocket raccoon, but I would almost say that. The just, rats counted. Yeah, yeah, that, that character, you had your Drax the Destroyer. I mean, it was it was definitely... the only. I guess the only thing is, I guess John Cena's character would have been Drax, and Drax is a much more likable character than what John Cena's character <laughs> was. But I also really love the line, you could cover this whole island with dicks, and I would eat every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what I needed to do. But yeah, no, it was good. It was well acted, it was well written. So the one thing that sucks uh, hearing about box office everything, which I think we're getting to the point where people just need to start realizing that isn't the metric to use no. for any movies. Right. But obviously we pro predominantly talk about superhero movies or sci-fi movies because of our podcast. But even any movie in that, just podcast. going to, we 
this movie only made twenty six point five million. Yeah. Well, I think, you could watch it for free on it. Well, not free. You could watch it for free on HBO. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I know that I went and saw Black Widow. And that made a little bit more you at the box office. You had to pay $30, too. though, to watch Black Widow. But I could have easily gotten my three friends that went to the theater yeah. to rent it. But this, you didn't have to do that. You yeah. literally could just turn on HBO and watch it. But even then, I guarantee you, they would not have made that much more of a budget at the theaters. We're just, we're not in that, uh, the world before COVID anymore. No. And some of these studios are going to need to realize, like, how are we going to maximize the, the benefit from yeah. it? Guarantee you there's more people that may have subscribed to HBO Max or just realized this is a good service, I'm going to keep it. So they're going to get their money on that end. Right. It does suck with the financials, how we've talked about Scarlet and, and how people get paid for this. But I don't know if you can necessarily say that, like it grossing so little uh, makes it not a success. No, I don't think so. Because I, 100% I think is probably one of the best yeah. DC movies they've made. And I, I, I hope that that comes back to the higher execs who, again, it's just the, the first weekend, but having heard that some of them are happy with how it came out, obviously they wish they had more at the theaters of people going out. There's the reasons why they didn't. Um, but with everything with the pandemic, it is the highest grossing R-rated movie released during the pandemic, so we got to throw that in there. Because they have sports statistics again. <laughs> yeah. all, all the asterisks that are going to be after yeah. things, yeah. That released on a Thursday right. after a full moon. <laughs> yes. You know. right. In the fifth month of the pandemic, because yeah, yeah, yeah. six month was yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, listen, even after, like, we don't have to worry about this anymore, which I think is a while off, like, I don't, there's a lot of social anxiety that's come, that's come up because of everyone being at home for so long that mm-hmm. I think you really just got to rethink the model now. Well, that's, well, and, and this is what scares me a bit is with Dune. That oh, is, I'm going to go see that fucking movie in the theater. And I still will too, but we have to look at <laughs> the rest of the home. world and how will they right. go about it. I don't think viewer, it's right. going to make its budget back yeah. at all. And, I know there's been fights of not having on streaming to test if that, but it still is going to be. This is only going to be the first half of the book, and I want them to make the other half. Pretty sure that all the movies that were released on HBO were were given some sort of guarantee on their budget. Like, if they didn't make it back in the box office, they're getting paid for that from... Oh, I wouldn't doubt uh, for the actors, but still, for no, them I mean to for look the, at... for the total... You know what I... Like, I think when they entered into this deal, they realized that they didn't know what what state we were going to be in. That's mm-hmm. why they did it for the year. So I think they made a decision and realized that there's a big possibility that box office is going to be low for all of these movies. But we're looking at... Warner Brothers here. Yeah, because, but they own HBO. But they made the, the decision. Disney, we know Disney looks at it, they took a loss, but they're like, we're still going to make more right. movies yeah. in the Marvel Universe. Where Warner Brothers, they always handpick and fuck up their own movies because they look at the statistics. They're always like, what what will sell oh, to the 18 the- to 35 year old market? And if this doesn't make those metrics, yeah, well, then for Dune, they fuck least, themselves in the ass, which is hard. No, or do they delay it? <laughs> do they delay it until they can get all that money back? Delay it. So then again, will they look at it as we just wasted 
400 million dollars on this big budget movie to then waste really 400 million is a shitload of money if they even made half that which would be the most that a pandemic movie has made yeah they're gonna green light let's do another one because we don't know when we're gonna get out of this but here's another four million dollars i i have high doubts i think my biggest concern is that the whole hbo max and the disney plus and like you know, every company's got a streaming service, right? And if your company doesn't have a streaming service, your sister company does. So, like the HBO Max, right? It's HBO is not releasing any series, but the sister subsidiaries under Warner Brothers are, right? So, you have this kind of relationship. And I think the, the problem, it's kind of like the work-from-home situation, right? The fact that it was just a reality of if you wanted to do anything, you had to accommodate, right? If you wanted to stay open for business, you had to let people work from home mm-hmm. because of either government regulations or just the fact that people aren't going to go into the office. And so with that, I think it's the same exact thing with these studios where you end up with a problem that they're basically just reacting and the streaming services were not a strategic shift for optimal return on investment. Because the theaters have repeatedly proved to make money, right? It makes the studios more money. Um, and I think that's why we have, like, Scarlet's lawsuit, because there's a lot of precedent that's showing as many people are watching these movies now because of streaming in. Right. You know, is it just because it's on streaming that the numbers are there? Or if it wasn't available on streaming would, and it went to the theater? I mean, we don't have a whole lot of examples, right? There's a lot of not, like empty data for this um i do see the concern with something like dune that they may end up again like you're saying tony not not green lighting the next project that could be as big and great as Dune. because if dune comes out gets a 99 on rotten tomatoes right is a perfect movie but only makes 250 300 million which blows away anyone else will they green light it you know the next one i mean maybe but well they still did Justice League after that number. Superman. They did. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> and that movie was a tremendous failure at the box office. Yep. So. We'll have to see. It's going to be really interesting. I think you're going to see a lot more lawsuits, too, um, from potential actors or studios or, like, people who are like, hey, we've been doing profit sharing for 30 years, and you just decided to get rid of profits by going, you know, to your small little service that realistically the return on investment on streaming is huge because a company like Disney spent is probably spending less than a million dollars on infrastructure for Disney plus right it's just cheap when you have that much and so if you can get a bunch of subscribers you get two million subscribers boom you've you know 15 times the profit than you are in cost so we'll see uh one thing that, that I just remembered when you said Disney, uh, there's people that are pissed right now because the What If series is coming up this coming week, I believe. Yes, it's coming up soon. And uh, people are pissed off that the Captain America Twitter feed that, yeah. changed over to it's, Peggy Carter from Sam Wilson. Which need fucking more to do with their lives. <laughs> yeah. They can't. They're stuck at home. I mean, no, they could. there is other things they could be doing. I mean, I... I I get it a little bit, but also, like, no, like, just, this is the new Captain America now and this. And it's been months since we saw Sam 
as Captain America. Yeah. Right? And, and, and he will, when, maybe when they have another movie with him, they will change it back. It's just, it's this is how marketing goes. for a fictional character. Yeah. Yeah. And also, even, even if, like, not, not to fic, if it was not fictional, right? If it was, Twitter accounts are the moment, right? right? It's not like, you know, we're going to change it to Sam for the foreseeable future. If there's a Captain America related thing, a new comic character, the profile is going to change, right? It's going to go to the white Captain America from the comics. But it's going to be a comic version, right? It's just going to change us because that's how marketing works, right? The new thing comes out. They're not trying to drive people to Disney Plus to watch um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Everyone's already seen it. You're going to watch it. Pretty much everyone's already seen it. Go to the next thing. I don't know. I mean, I get why they're upset. I don't, they shouldn't be. It's going to go back. I don't understand you know. why they're upset, Anthony. Please explain to me why they're upset. Well, it's so ridiculous and arbitrary. It is. it is. It's such a privilege to be able to be fucking upset about something that has zero effect on your life whatsoever. Yep. Well, they're upset because they're looking for a reason to be upset. Yes. And uh, All of them are men. <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to be that chick. 100% of the people that are mad about it are men. Well, you did you see the trailer for that that new show coming out where there's only one man? <laughs> Why the one? I actually didn't watch the trailer. I missed it. It's good. I never got around to reading the comic books. Me neither. But I'm but I know enough. I know enough about what went on yeah. in it. Uh, the trailer looks fucking sweet. And then I was just realizing too, this is going to get a lot of people pissed because. It's all females. Like, oh, the whole, God. after the first initial yep. thing, which I'm sure that's going to happen within the first episode, uh, to then pick up where there is just one man uh, left. The action looks great. Uh, again, not knowing everything from the comic, it looks oh, it looks I, so good. And I read, a, I read a brief synopsis of the book somebody posted online, and I thought it was perfect. Why the Last Man is about... The last man on earth, and the plot of all the books after learning that are oh, there might be another man alive over here. Let's go find out. Oh, he's dead. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> there might be another man alive over here. Let's go find out. Oh, he's dead. Never mind. <laughs> Although I'm very looking forward to this show, I partially blame it for killing one of the best shows that was on Fox, which was The Last Man on Earth. Oh. Yeah, well. That show was fucking hilarious. But again, it started off almost kind of like how the whole yeah. premise of Why the Mess Man Right, why except the Masked he Man thought is. he was the actual last person on Earth. Yeah. Not the last And then man. he did meet a girl, which then is, I don't know, that's a comedy, though. Right. This is more of a serious yes. and everything going on with and I think society. Because the there's a lot more... Predates the show. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> also in The Last Man on Earth, when there comes to be a few more people, it's only like less than a handful or a dozen right. people where this has all women still alive. It's a lot of women. There's so a lot of women. It's going to be interesting. Uh, that's coming out in September. Yeah. And then I saw another trailer oh. for Doom Patrol third season. Oh, I didn't even know that came out. That is coming out September 23rd. Oh, that's exciting. And I knew they were making another uh, season of it, but obviously with COVID and everything, it's been, I think it's been, it's been like, yeah, a little bit since. I was the, able to watch all of the shows I had missed during COVID and still be like, oh, I need new shows. And hands down, if you got HBO Max, yeah, this is a series that, again, DC, 
taking what the comic books are so weird, these characters that are out there, mm -hmm. and letting it be that. Yeah. Not trying to make it something different. And I will say from watching this trailer, they got some HBO money. Yeah. I'm quite, like, it looks like... Awesome. But like, I, I thought they had a pretty decent budget for what yeah. they did with the other sure. first two seasons. They but, went into a donkey. But... The, <laughs> yeah, but this... <laughs> This just looks so crazy. Watch it. Uh, it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. It's. I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. I'm so. I'm so happy that there is still stuff to entertain me. Yeah. Coming up. Um. Motor City Comic Con is in October, and I. I only wanted to mention this because it is kind of. Even though we're in Grand Rapids, it's kind of our hometown con. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um. They've announced that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are gonna be at the con, which is fucking awesome. I met Scott Snyder in Chicago, and he's, like, the shortest, nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> he's so little. Um, Joey Fatone's going to be there, you I guys. saw that. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? We need to make sure we go wherever he's karaoke afterwards. And just sing Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You guys used to, was it Backstreet Boys that you and Derek used to sing all yeah. the time? Yeah. We should probably just mix up doing sync only. <laughs> just to really stick it to him. No, he isn't. He is from NSYNC. Then he has to listen to all of his own oh. songs and stuff. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Voice to men, just, you know, take it old school. It's great. Anyway, I just wanted to point that, because those are so, I mean, Joey Fatone, whatever. He's having, like, a resurgence or something. He's on The Mass Singer, I guess. I don't know. But um, uh, Scott Snyder and Rick Fulo are pretty nice guys. So. I am looking forward. I'm... Being cautious with what we will obviously know more in the coming weeks. Every right. week, it's it's different, uh, but I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing some people and right. talking to some people because I need to get my bat book finished. Yeah, you do. So I got a random text message from Seth Demoose the other week saying your pages are done, and I was like, pages are done. So. This is something that I started probably four-ish years ago, five-ish years ago. It's a blank uh, Batman book uh, from the 24-hour comic book day where they're just blank pages, and you can have people, you know, sketching them, what people would normally do. I came up with the concept of actually making a Batman-ish story book, mm -hmm. which then takes the artists having come up with dialogue, write it in there, making panels. It's a lot of work on their part, but they also have fucking forever because i only have yeah. had four people now and it's been like four years literal months and and so worked it out with a bunch of people i have some people lined up and this has been with 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 dan for god it would have been grand rapids comic con so you gave it to him at grand rapids comic con 2019 yeah i was there when you were giving it to him so yeah, we're looking at literally almost two years. Two years, <laughs> yes, that he has had it. Seth just so happened to be doing, because they work on a lot of books together, that he picked it up from him to be the next artist uh, on it. And then I didn't I didn't even know if he had it. I know that when Dan was moving, I was worried where this was at, but this is one thing that he kept made sure, because you know, each, each artist and each page in there, this is going to be like at least over $1,000 for this book. It's like a crazy game of telephone too yeah because it's you can tell where the first artist was taking it and then the, the second person 
decides to maybe follow that, but then the third person's like, oh, fuck, no. Fuck this story. Yeah, they just, like, kill a character wildly. You're like, oh, okay, we're, we're shifting over here. Yeah. I'm changing everything around. And then the next person, like, goes back and reads through the whole thing, and they're like, well, I like the first one better. I'm going to try and take it back to that. So it is really sort of like, it's almost like a battle to get the story they thought of. It's like a schizophrenics uh, (laughs) comic book, right? And I have not, well, I looked at briefly because I didn't know what the hell Seth was saying when he sent me the pictures. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this. And when I picked it up, he was trying to explain what he was doing. I was like, here's the thing, man. I haven't looked at anyone's. I want to fully enjoy this when it's done. It sucks because then I can't look at it right away from the people. Yeah. And and for with everyone that's uh, part of this, I'm going to you know scan the pictures and send them to everyone so they can see how the whole thing turned out. I'm just like I want to start getting this done. I don't want this. How many pages are you giving per artist, and how many are left? I pretty much asked everyone if they could do at least two. Some people did four. Some people did three. So it's about half a book left. Okay. So. It's still at least what, four or five more. Greg Capullo's going to be at Motor City. <laughs> we'll get some Capullo action on that book. I mean, I would love to. <laughs> but again, anyone that, that is interested to be part of this jam session type thing, I, I would thoroughly enjoy to be a part of it. Email us at drunkoncomics at gmail.com or hit us up on the gram, Drunk on Comics, or on Facebook, also Drunk on Comics. Or just show up at Tony's house. Or just show up at Tony's house. I'll release his, his information is... later. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just show up at your house. Not announce even if you want to do this or not. <laughs> that sounds like a Tony move. Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, you guys got any other news? Nope. Um, I actually, not necessarily specifically news. We, I talked about this two weeks ago. Ariana Grande had a concert on Fortnite. Um, you know, it was, Did it go well? It went well, yeah. It was right. successful. There weren't any like major issues, you know. Uh, audio worked, and uh, she danced on top of water with a bunch of bubble, like paint bubble that people could dance on and pop and stuff like that. It was, Aww. you know, really trippy, whatnot. Not. But it was actually a really cool article. Uh, Mike Fahey, who is uh, a senior, I don't know if editor or just writer for Kotaku, um, for years and years, he actually had a heart condition uh, not too long ago. I think it was sometime last year, but... Uh, he had to go to the hospital and was put into a medically induced coma. He's now paralyzed from the, yeah. basically from the chest down. Um, but being a big gamer, he's now doing the kind of like mouth-only gaming. There's controllers for people who are paralyzed. Um, and he kind of talked about how he actually says that um, he says it took three years and Ariana Grande to get over his like trauma-induced aversion to video games. So, like, he rediscovered his love for video games, partially thanks to the Ariana Grande concert. Oh, my God. That got him in kind of back... She's saving lives yeah. Ariana Grande. <laughs> By being in Fortnite. I was like, it ended up actually being a good story. You know, feel free to go online and check it out. Um, gosh, what else? Why did she date Pete Davidson? I don't know. How does he get the chicks? Why does anybody date Pete Davidson, right? He dated Kate Beckinsale. Like, dating that chick from Bridgerton. Looks aside. Looks aside. He looks I, like obviously looks weird. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. It's so crazy. You know what? He's he funny. must be great in bed. His <laughs> dick funny. is probably huge. <laughs> um, I guess kind is of. Is he new. funny? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he not was on screen. Maybe that Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, maybe that not on good. screen, but you never know. He might be. Maybe it's like the guy who's not funny on screen is really funny in life. Maybe. Because I'm terrible at being humorous on demand. 
right? But I can make a joke like in the middle of a conversation sure. and people will be like, oh, Anthony's funny. Whatever. Um, the last piece of news I have is kind of, well, kind of news video game related. Uh, Back for Blood beta was this weekend. That's the one that looks like uh, Left 4 Dead. Dead. Yep. yep. It's actually the same team who did Left 4 Dead uh, made this. So Left 4 Dead was developed between this uh, Turtle Rock Studios and Valve. Right. They worked together and then Valve was the publisher. So the, this is, they're basically, I, I think they're self-published. I don't think they're going through another publisher, but I did get to play it this weekend, and if you're a big fan of Left 4 Dead, it crosses off a lot of the things that we loved in Left 4 Dead. It adds some new stuff. You basically, you get points for winning, like completing campaigns, and you can use those points to unlock cards. And then at every stage of the campaign, like when you run a new one, you get a random set of five cards, and you pick one, and it gives you bonuses hmm. to surviving or damage whatever. I loved Left 4 Dead a lot. So good. I will say, really hoping the versus is improved. So Left 4 Dead 2 invented the greatest multiplayer mode of all time and it was the gas can mode. It was the idea that you had to go around and collect gas cans to refill a car so that you can escape. All the while, other players are the special zombies trying to kill you. Yeah. So there's a lot of strategy of like Okay, do we have two people running around, grabbing cans, and throwing them down? You're, like, in this mall, so it's multiple floors. It was a perfect multiplayer mode. They didn't replicate it. So it was, like, this. capture the flag, but just getting multiple flags that are Yeah, yeah basically, like you have a car that's on the bottom floor. You have a bunch of, like, two or three floors, and gas cans are, like, spread around there. And you have to pick them up, toss them down, and then somebody has to take the action of filling in it, right? So you're weak while you're refilling the gas or the, the car with the gas can, opportunity for other players to attack you, or if you decide to split up in each, that's the fastest way, right, to get all the cans, but you're vulnerable because any one of you could get tackled where you're out of range for an ally to shoot the zombie off you, that kind of stuff. So it was just a really strategic, really cool game mode. They didn't duplicate it. They did add a versus mode, and it sucks mm -hmm. really hard. So we'll see. The campaign is fun. Uh, That's odd. There's no campaign mode versus, which was kind of cool. You basically just play the campaign, but players control the special zombies, um, which adds a nice level of difficulty when you're constantly flooded with special zombies. But uh, oh, so far, if you're a fan of Left 4 Dead, nice. do it. Good to know. Cool, cool. Um, full review when it's actually released. It's just a beta, so we didn't have to have full review. So. We're going to have a full review of Metroid 2. We're both getting that, like. Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll probably play it in two days and beat it. Skip work, you know, kind of stuff. Won't cool. take the day off. I'll work during. I'll uh, play it during work. There you <laughs> go. I wish true game would. Um. All right. So, booze in the book this week is Elvira meets Vincent Price. Oh. Number one. It's going to be an ongoing series. I thought this was going to be just a one shot. Never read the Elvira. Well, I feel like I've read one or two of the Elvira. Um, books that they have. However, I I know of who she is from her presenting the, the bead-like type movies yeah. and her whole persona. And they have She's a whole succubus. they have the whole like multiple comic book issues that have that they've done to make her this whole otherworldly person. Mm -hmm. And Vincent Price, who also has been an otherworldly person who 
you know, has voiced many things or narrated sure. some of the the horror type shows or scary things. So this is them meeting, which they have never met, you know, ever. I don't think for there the, was the an characters. In their careers, was yeah, there? no. Yeah. And so this this starts off with Elvira being like talking about what her new uh, presenting of the new B-list movies that are coming out now and the new age and what take they could do it on with some execs. And from there, so it's like feeling like it's almost in the real world-ish right. type thing. And then she's having this weird horror dream of being cut in half and then Vincent Price shows up as this kind of ghost in her dream and then oh. comes out of the TV screen when she's watching a, a show being presented by him. So... I just thought it was a very kind of cool, interesting um, take of them both being stars in their own right for what they are. Like, I don't know if people now would know, if you said Elvira, who it is. Our age, we'd at least know who it is. Or Vincent Price. Like, they they ring a bell, but not really how much they've done or how much their work has spanned. So I thought it was an overall great book. And we're going to... Uh, pair this with the perfectly named Vincent Price Ale Black Cat from Hop Damien. Or Hop Damien is the, the beer. Um, no, Hop Damien is the brewery, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's had too much of it. It's VPA beer. Black Cat. So okay. Vincent Price Ale Black Cat. Gotcha. Great. That's a good match. That's good. Match. I mean, it's a perfect match because it's got the name in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Let's end this bitch. It's hot in here. <laughs> Stay thirsty for it not being so fucking hot in here later. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I'm already thirsty.